I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Tonight, we are in Malachi chapter 2. After getting a little bit of a look in the mirror chapter last night, I think we're probably going to get some of the same today because we know that the purpose of this book, as we read in the introduction, was. A message from God. Yeah, to confront the people with their sinful lifestyles. So we open up chapter 2. Keep in mind, too, that everything we're reading predates Jesus. That makes sense? The New Testament changes things, and not in a small way. There's an old covenant, an old promise, and there's a new promise. And they're different. And Malachi is certainly written from the perspective of the Old Testament. Now, that doesn't mean that, oh, cool, in the New Testament, then we don't have to look in the mirror every now and then. That's not what that means. What it means is, when it comes to your right standing with the Father you know the New Testament. It doesn't come from the old. It comes from the new, right? So we keep that in light when we read these things. Verse 1. And now, this admonition is for you, O priests. Brock, who's he talking to? The priests. The priests. If you do not listen, and if you do not set your heart to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings, Does that return you back to normal? Or is that even worse? It's probably even worse to have a blessing and then to have it cursed. It would be better just not to have the blessing. Yeah. I mean, if if a curse comes with the blessing, then it's worse. It's worse. That's right. I'd be like, I don't want the blessing if it comes with a curse, but... Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not set your heart to honor me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants... I will spread on your faces the offal from your festival sacrifices. Does anybody have a question? What an offal is? I have no idea. I will spread on your faces the offal. Well, I will fear that and we'll have an answer tomorrow. And you will be carried off with it. And you will know that I have sent you this admonition so that my covenant with Levi may continue says the Lord Almighty. My covenant with him, a covenant of life and peace, I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin. Brock, according to the law, the priests were supposed to be from the tribe of... 
Levi? Levi. That's right. They were the Levitical priesthood. That's where Levi- like Leviticus, Levitical, that's where that comes from. Yep. The tribe of Levi. But they weren't. Well, these were, but that's what he's saying. He's like, do you not understand that you are a blessed tribe above, above all tribes? You're a blessed tribe. You're supposed to be my priests. You are the captain of the faith. That means that your teammates, your countrymen, I rely on you to do the right thing. You're not just hurting yourself anymore. You're hurting everyone when you're a leader and you don't do the right thing. Does that make sense? Verse 7. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, and from his mouth men should seek instruction. Basically what kind of just said. Because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. But you have turned from the way... And by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all people, because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. The law didn't give room for partiality. The law was perfect. It was written in stone. One thing about stone is it is firm. You can't erase what's on stone. You can't erase it. You can't push on it. You can't make it give a little bit. It's what it is. It doesn't give. You can't show partiality. It's black and white. It's done. Right? Have we not all one father? Did not God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our fathers by breaking faith with one another? Judah has broken faith. A detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves by marrying the daughter of a foreign god. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord cut him off from the tents of Jacob, even though he brings offerings to the Lord Almighty. That's what we said last night too. Offerings are empty when you don't bring your heart. You know, I understand that sometimes... You can bring an offering just by discipline. You're trying to get yourself to learn to get comfortable with the sacrifice involved in offering. But at the same time, it should be driven by your heart. And at some point, your heart is the motivating factor in your offering. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer pays attention to your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why? It is because the Lord is acting as the witness between you and the wife of your youth. Because you have broken faith with her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Listen to how much the Lord wants marriages to last. Listen to how much the Lord wants you boys to grow up and marry the woman you love of your youth. And how much he wants you, Harper, to grow up and marry the man of your youth. And to stay committed to them. To not break faith with them. He says, that's the wife of your youth. You have broken faith with her. Though she is your partner. The wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit, they are his. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit. 
and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel, and I hate a man's covering himself with violence as well as with his garment, says the Lord Almighty. So guard yourself in spirit and do not break faith. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How we have wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or, where is the God of justice? And that is the end of chapter 2. I think that second part is just so fitting for Bedtime Bible Boys and what this is all about, which is creating a dialogue that we can share and we can strengthen in our walk with our Father. And we, we sh- we're not, we are talking primarily about the Heavenly Father, but this starts in the family unit. Do you understand that? That you guys are all going to grow up and you're going to have families. And it's not just a small thing to make a covenant of marriage with somebody. You see, when you do that, you become one. The word says that you become one flesh with that person and that the spirit unites you such that it's like it creates a new life, a new spirit life, right? And in reality, it does. We create children, right? But that we do this the Lord blesses that marriage and he sees this as so paramount because he wants to have godly offspring. And this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to bless the Lord with what he's blessed us with. But notice, he doesn't say, notice he wants you to start before the offspring. He wants you to live every day of your life loving the wife of your youth, being faithful, being honest, being true, self-sacrifice, and to love that way. And from that, from that position, from that starting point, comes the godly offspring. And then you do like we're doing or whatever makes sense to you when, when you have your own families. You open the word and you talk to your children about it. You, you, Read every word and let them know what's in your heart and say it the best of your ability. I make a ton of mistakes. I misread scripture and probably see things from a contextually inaccurate viewpoint all the time. But the heart of this isn't for me to get an A plus on biblical knowledge. It's not for me to get every every word correct and understand exactly what's going on. The heart of this is that we would be opening each other's hearts to receiving what the Spirit has to tell us through the reading of God's Word, and that hopefully there would be others in the Great Commission given by Jesus Christ that would receive the same thing. Find a way to do that with the people you love, and especially with your kids, for the Lord desires godly offspring. And I love you kids. I love you too. You guys are good kids.